Welcome back to Travoltine Presents Easy Riders. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering House of the Spirits with special guest, May Hyatt. It is me, notoriously Chilean actor, Jeremy Irons. No, Jeff. <laughs> it is me, notoriously Chilean actor, Jeremy Irons. I am a senator of the Chilean uh, parliament. The conservative party. The conservative, conservative party. Parliament. We will defeat these communists and overthrow the government. And meanwhile, kill my daughter's uh, father, my daughter's child. I don't know. Can I, before we do anything, introductions, just read the 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 one-liner for this movie? Yes. A rancher, his clairvoyant wife, and their family face turbulent years in South America. Wow. If I read that, it would be, let's get Jeremy Irons for this. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, let's, get, let's get Jeremy Irons. The clairvoyant wife will clearly be Meryl Streep. Um, the daughter um, who will be Winona And the clairvoyance will be a major plot line in this movie, and we'll definitely talk about it for the, the latter half. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to our episode on the House of the Spirits, folks. <laughs> you listened to our episode last weekend on Age of Innocence. Innocence. Yes. Uh, and before that, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Two back-to-back hits. Yeah, two back-to-back hits. And even the movies prior to that, still really good. And two back-to-back period pieces. Two back-to-back period pieces. Very talented, pieces. very important. And now we are... Also doing a period piece, but yes. a period piece taking place in the 70s. Well, it's mostly well, set, it's set over like 60 it's at, years. Yeah, 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 you're right. Long time. Because doesn't like the, it first starts off in like 1940? The it's, first part is 1926. Yeah. Oh it's my like, God. It's like post-World War One. How fucking old is Jeremy Irons' <laughs> yeah, character? He's old He's as ancient. shit. Um, but yeah, the movie starts in the 20s and makes its way all the way to 73, um, yeah. which is when the, the, the big twist of this movie occurs. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> which, we, which we will talk about um we're, we're joined this week by first time guest may who we're very excited to have on the show hello dear friend um, <laughs> it's a, it's a i'm honored um so i'm curious what was the reason you picked this movie i remember i just sent you the list and you were pretty quick to say the house of the spirits you know i don't know I, I we were at a bar. Yeah, we were at a bar. We, we yeah, we were at Big Joe's, and I I looked up if she had any lawyer movies. Yeah, and I don't think so. The closest one is The Crucible, which is kind of courtroom ish. Yeah, but that might have already been taken. It was taken. Um, and then I was like looking at her list, and I really don't know what compelled me <laughs> to, pick, to pick this one. I didn't read the plot. Um, or if I did, I don't I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, aren't I, you so I glad that you did pick you know, it? I really am. Like, I definitely am a changed person, and I <laughs> and I, I never would have I never would have watched this movie otherwise. Yeah, may you watched this movie about a week and a half ish ago. I did a long time before today. Yeah, I just remember I was I had not even <laughs> at this point watched The Age of Innocence yet, the movie we recorded last week, and out of nowhere, I just got a text from you. That just simply said, um, God, I have to really scroll back for this. You guys, we, we send a lot of presidential <laughs> memes. We do back. send yeah. a lot of presidential memes. Um, I'm looking at the one of 
Joe Biden morphing into <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson. What? <laughs> I don't even want to know the context. <laughs> you you texted me on February 1st and said, just starting the House of the Spirits in this movie is not at all what I thought it would be. And then and two hours later, that movie was fucking crazy. Like I said, I had not yet watched The Age of Innocence. So I'm like, what is coming down the pike? I think I sent the first text when the psychic stuff started to happen. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then I really had to restrain myself as like the, the sexual assault <laughs> got, like, <laughs> more and more prevalent throughout the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Throughout my notes, there are a lot of notes that just say deeply troubling. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. that, that would say that's like the overall theme of this movie. Deeply troubling. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what's your favorite part of this movie when Glenn Close dies and then just is never mentioned <laughs> <Just> again? <laughs> or she dies after plot. being insulted the entire movie. <laughs> they just keep roasting. Shut up. <laughs> they just keep lighting her up in the DMs and then she just dies. Um Okay. Um before we get too deep into the plot, I will do our um everyone's favorite segment, the context corner. Yes. Um so this is based on a book by Isabel Allende who's a successful uh, Chilean writer, uh, author, I should say. Um, she's written you know, several other books, such as City of Beasts, um, but this is her biggest like contribution to the literary world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book is pretty well regarded. Um, and people have been trying to make an adaptation of it for quite a while. The book came out in 1982. That was going to be my question. Uh, how... How much how much time had passed since the Chilean coup and the book being released? The, the book comes out nine years after the Chilean uh, coup of nineteen seventy three. Okay, um, and she's immediately kind of inundated with offers like, "Hey, we'd like to turn this into a movie." Um, the book's very, um, to my I haven't read it, um, but it's to my understanding, it's very kind of like you know, it's a spiritual novel that just kind of you know goes in and out of these characters' inner lives and their experiences with spirituality all through a very turbulent time in Chilean history. The key phrase I kept hearing when doing research on this book was magical realism. Yes, magical realism. That's what I kept hearing mm-hmm. about. Um, and she bats away basically every offer. She doesn't have any interest in letting, you know, especially like an American filmmaker, um, take her story. Of course. She yeah. finally relents um, in 1991 when uh, Billy August, the director of this movie, screens her his film Pele the Conqueror. Um, which is a sweet Danish uh, film with uh, Max von Sydow. Never seen it, but it wins the Palme d'Or at Cannes. We talked about mm-hmm. it during our Dracula episode um, mm-hmm. briefly. Um, and he also directed The Best Intentions and won the Palme d'Or for that as well. Successful, very successful director. Yeah, I have a I have a note about what else yes. he directed. Do you know what else he directed? I do not. He directed two episodes of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. That's fucking Whoa. awesome. That whips. That whips. I, I think in 1995, so after this movie. You're right. He directed two episodes. Yeah, they're 1993. 1993. Like, basically the same time as this movie. He was wow. moonlighting as the Young Indiana Jones. <laughs> moonlighting yeah. for Young Indiana Jones. <laughs> wow. the, the best episode of that show, I've only seen one of them, is the one where Harrison Ford appears and kills a guy with a saxophone. He plays the saxophone so hard that snow falls and crushes this man. It could be that episode. It's called The Mystery of the Blues. <laughs> I have no buttons to press for that. Uh, <laughs> you've had a saxophone like... That's a trombone. Yeah, Pretty close. Um, yeah. 
anyway, but Billy August screens her as movie, and she's like, you have the soul within you to capture my work on the screen. And Billy August is like, I will not let you down. He then proceeds to cast all white people. <laughs> the Chilean characters in the movie. Yes, he does. Do we know what she thought about that? I actually have been trying to find out. I bet she loved it. I you think so? No, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Like, because I, I, it's not, it's so like, I don't know. There's no like, there's nothing Chilean about the movie. No, besides the the workers. That that's true. Yeah, like the only thing the the only <laughs> Chilean representation are of people of the lower class. I uh, mean, do we even think that they were Chilean? They may not have been. Yeah, They've just been like you know, Latino or yeah. I mean it. It feels like this movie could take place in the French countryside, and very little would be different. Yeah. This movie basically feels like everything she was trying to avoid in, you know, an adaptation of her novel. And I kept thinking throughout this movie, I wrote it in my notes, this feels like this is the most movie adaptation of a book I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like so obviously everything that can go wrong with a, a book adaptation. Mm-hmm. Because you lose all the internal thoughts and logic of the characters. Yeah. Um, it's so fragmented. It's so um, inconsistent, jumping around, having a lot of different topics and ideas all being flung in at the same time in a way that w- usually works very well in the written word um, because books have different paces, different structures, different ways of communicating ideas than movies do. Yeah. And none of the work is really done to find the translating uh, find the Rosetta Stone for that translation. Well, and uh, man, I know you said you kind of started to try to go mm-hmm, through the book mm-hmm. a little bit. None of us have read the book in its entirety, but the vibe I was getting from just l- doing some research about like the plot of the book and some of its themes and stealthing in is this would be a very, very hard book to adapt to the screen. Yes. I think something interesting in what I have read is like the point of view character keeps changing. Oh, yeah. Like sort of, and very fluidly. Yeah. So it, like it goes from Esteban to Alba to like back and forth. Yeah. Just without ever like. And so that's like a very cool thing to do in a book. That's really hard to do in a movie. Hard yeah. to translate. Yeah. yeah. That's really hard to do. Because in a movie, the second you, or you switch the POV, it's jarring. Yes. Um, in a way that, you know, like you said, it can flow in a book. There's a natural, like, push and pull in a book. In the movie, when suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, Jeremy Irons is not the main character anymore. We're now going to stick with Meryl Streep for a little bit. Um, you're just like, oh, we're, we just, we're just swapping. We're switching gears. Um, and it's, it's unsettling. <laughs> um, it's very unsettling. Um, I would say for the bulk of it, like, it sticks with, Jeremy Irons as being the POV character, but that that poses its Winona own. Winona kind of becomes the lead for the last act. Kind of, kind of. They share the lead role. Yes, because then when she gets like kidnapped, then it goes back to being Jeremy Irons. For, yeah, for for the, essentially the rest of the movie. Yes. So like she does take control a little bit in like the end of Act Two, beginning of Act mm-hmm. Three, but then once I'd say once the coup happens, it goes back to being Jeremy. Because Meryl Streep is the top billed actress on the movie. Because Act One, it's about yeah, it's, Clara. Yeah, it's about her. It's about Clara mostly, but then when Jeremy Irons moves to the farm in like the middle of Act One, or maybe the end of Act One, we should say, yeah. then it's a Jeremy Irons movie. So like the well, movie for the for the for the first half of Act One. 
It, there's no Meryl Streep because she's the little yeah. kid. It's the little girl. Yeah, yeah, it's the little girl, Clara. It was played by um, Grace Gummer, who is Meryl Streep's kid, daughter. Oh. oh. You know, um, which is nice. Cool. I always like it when they cast their kids as the young versions. Yeah, very good. Uh, but so the we I don't know if like that's the director trying to do that, pull that from the book, mm. the switch mm-hmm. to the POVs. But from me just watching it, I, it was jarring. I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so who are we following now? Like, whose story should I be in more invested in? Because when it's on Jeremy Irons, especially like, like all we can agree, all of Act Two is Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is the Jeremy Irons. Right? And it's hard to stick through it <laughs> because of how vile of a man <laughs> how he is. How horrible of a human, like the displays of just human cruelty that he is capable of in Act Two. And he is the main character. And so, like, I'm I'm sitting here like, okay, there's got to be a redemption arc coming. But then and it switches. He does one good thing. And he does one good thing that doesn't really make up for even some of it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of rape. Um, there's a lot of sexual assault in this movie. Yes. Um, sexual so- assault rape in this movie. And it even tones it back from the book, from what I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the key different... Yeah, it tones it back so much that one of the rapes in this movie is incomprehensible in just how casual it is performed. Well, well I'm saying there's... Um, we'll get to it. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but um, Blanca isn't the one, Winona Ryder's character, she's not the one that gets kidnapped and goes to jail. It's is Al- she not? It's Alba. It's Alba. It's I did not know that. There's another generation in the book. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, cause Clara does die. Like it do- says in the book, Blanca, it's like there, I guess like Alba is what, like 15 or 20 when she gets kidnapped. Yeah. I think she's like older cause the Blanca, uh, Blanca and Antonio Ped- Banderas, I forget. Pedro. I think. Pedro. Yeah. They, they do escape they to do Canada at the end of the book in the middle of the book. Oh, like clo- or not in the middle, but like closer to the middle, but and it's around the coup still around the coup. But Alba being kidnapped is its own plot line after that, that to my understanding. That Jeremy Irons Esteban solves. Mm-hmm. But instead of mm-hmm. him solving it for... Well, because he, he also solves the Pedro The Pedro. Thing. So yeah. he's there's more of a redemption, I think, in the book. Yeah. Instead um, of the kind of sudden um, yeah. In the, twist. It, yeah. It, I would almost have you believe that it's two separate acts he does in the book that are good redemptive acts, whereas the movie it clumps them all into one. Mm-hmm. Whereas instead of it's Alba, it's Blanca. And so by rescuing Blanca, he then also provides them a way to escape to Canada. Yes. Um, which nullifies his redemption even more. Um, sorry, I know we're getting straight into the plot, but that... No, it's it's worth talking about this stuff in context. All of this to say, I just imagine it's really hard to adapt this book. Yes. Especially with the... Did you read the telekinetic bit in the book? No, no. I, so I actually don't know what that looks like in the book. And I don't um, know if it's calls back to it multiple times because they really don't call back to it not in the movie jeff and i were texting i i mean i guess we're getting into it yeah i thought in the winona Ryder sexual assault scene she was going to use like the force and like break out Mm. yeah um in like a rogue one moment yeah yeah didn't happen that would have been cool it happened yeah um that would have immediately seriously elevated the movie because there's at least like the clairvoyant stuff mostly goes away, but at least like Meryl does appear as a ghost at one point. And so it's like, you will stick with, 
I will be with you through everything. Don't the, the force die. Will, well, the there's, force will be with you. There's two always. There's two powers being displayed here. There's clairvoyance. Words not make one great. Yes. The, there's there's clairvoyance Stuart. and there's telekinesis. Ah, Stuart, yes. And the force you the would use. Telekinesis yes. doesn't come back, but Meryl does still display some clairvoyance. Some point she does see, she sees um, Glenn Close die mm-hmm. and come mm-hmm. back. Yeah, and I, she sees the parents die. Yeah, in the train accident. So it calls back to that a little bit. But beginning of the movie, Clara, nine-year-old girl, five mm-hmm. or however old she was, moves a cup over. Yeah. Yes. And no well, one she, freaks out about it. Well, she lifts the table. Also, yeah, the, the yeah. table that lifts is the last time we see telekinesis in this movie. Mm. Mm. About thirty minutes in. And nobody calls any attention long to movie. it. Long movie. It felt yeah, really very long. long very long, yeah. It's, it's only like two, two hours, hours, 20 minutes. Yeah. Felt like five. Yes. Yeah. Um, But I want to quickly talk about the Winona context yes. of this movie. Yes. Uh, because after Billy August uh, gets the rights to the movie, agrees to make it, he cast his wife, Pernilla August, as um, in this role. Uh, Pernilla August, uh, best known for her appearance to us in The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones as Shmi Skywalker. Oh my god, Shmi. Yeah. Wow. Um, killed by the sand people. <laughs> um, wow. May she rest in peace. Wow. Um, but she became pregnant um, and was unable to do the role and Winona was cast kind of as a last minute like Hail Mary pass to see if she'd be available. She was interested. She wanted to work um, with Billy August, who was respected, and also just be in this adaptation of a well-respected enough book. Um... She had a good time working on the movie with Billy August. Kind of described him similar to how she described Scorsese in our previous episode. Um, Very casual. Yeah, just like a, a pleasure to work with, a real artist. Mm. Um, she did, however, have some difficulties on the shoot, um, aside from the working relationship. Mostly uh, kind of dovetailing with the fact that this movie corresponds with the end of her relationship with Johnny Depp. Uh, they break up immediately after this movie um, mm. finishes filming. Um, which was kind of the most high-profile relationship she'd been in. Um, it, you know, public eye was all over it. It became a very big, say it was a big gossip tabloid scandal. It was to say it's a. It got a lot of press. Yeah, I'm not even gonna say scandal, but just like it became a big mm. deal for her. Yeah. Um, and that kind of coupled with the difficult shooting conditions for the second half of this movie. Yeah. Um, where she, you know, described very much just being um, trapped in a room. You're. Um, you have your a blindfold on. You can't really see. There's only so much faking you can do for a torture scene. At some point, you do actually have to get hit, she said. Oof. Um, so it was just kind of miserable conditions to be in, as much as she enjoyed the collaborative aspect. Where was this shot? Um, it was mostly shot in Denmark, but also they shot it uh, partially in Portugal. So they no, actually didn't no shoot this in Chile or anywhere in South America. Hmm. Cool. Which is cool. great. A uh, very good look for this movie. Yeah. Do we know was Chile still under like fascist dictatorship? Okay. I I tried to do like a little bit of research behind the coup, but the biggest thing I couldn't find was first off, was there a resolution? Because as far as I were, Chile still is not right now a fascist dictatorship. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to know like where did that change mm-hmm. from the coup into where it is now. I, I couldn't I didn't have enough time to do that much research in finding that. So if this movie came out in ninety three, 
Well, and first off, I think if she releases the book, in, it was definitely still fascist then. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. And, and the communist who won the election, uh, Salvador Allende, is Isabel Allende's uncle. Right. Who was yes. killed. Who was, she was assassinated. Yeah. yeah. Who was assassinated, but they said had uh, that he committed suicide. Yeah, but like... And then the... I think I think technically people still say he committed suicide, but I think... Really? I mean, I still think like that's held? Like, I think it's sort of like... Uh, I don't know how political we're going to get, but it's sort no, of like... Taiwan, or like, oh, we got uh, Chinese Taipei, right? Oh, uh, yeah. okay, okay. Salvador okay. Allende didn't kill himself, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's like, <laughs> yeah. But he, he, quote unquote, killed himself as in like, uh, you know, he he was a political set politically assassinated by the yeah. fascistic um, military coup. I'm saying fascistic. I don't know what the driving political structure because it was just the military coup. Yeah, the military yeah. took over, but I don't know under what banner. So the what the, party. Mil- the military dictatorship did maintain in Chile until 1990. Wow, oh, so that's a long time. There was a 1989 Chilean constitutional referendum uh, that was had held by the military uh, to transfer to a democratic state again. So it lasted for like 17 years. Dictatorship wow. run. Just military dictatorship. Yes. Did Gen- Gen- Nixon help the? Yeah, Nixon, the, Nixon and with Kissinger. The coup. Because right. at one point in the movie, Jeremy Irons does say, who connected the back lines to the Americans? Um, and he's referring yeah. to Kissinger and Nixon. Um, yeah. Everyone's, rest, rest fa- everyone's favorite yeah. baby girls. Um, but, and I'm sure you know more about, you You, you folks both know about more about this than I do, but the I, what I was reading into it was that the CIA had got wind of, communi- of, of the Communist Party, uh, which wasn't really... Conservative Party. It it, well, it was the election that the Democratic Socialist Party was going to win. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did they even identify as communist? Yes, they did. I, I think they so. did. It, was a, it was a okay. mix of the communist and the socialist party. Okay, copy that. Um, so then, to that regard, it's like they had got wind that the conservative party was ploying, like plotting with the military to inside a coup. Mm-hmm. And the CIA was just like, we, we're just going to turn a pleasant blind eye to that because that's yeah. in our interest. Um. But I'm sure there might be more to that. Like they did, like maybe they did give them weapons. They, and... Nixon supplied financial aid to okay. the military and yeah. supported their rule. Gotcha. Um, in order to keep communism from spreading to South America. Seventeen. One years of the of many that. great things that our country has done. Seventeen um, years of that. Holy cow. Um, we kind of like a. The audience is probably sitting here like, why are they talking about the Chilean coup? Uh, I promise you, we will get to it in a movie called The House of the Spirits. Um, do we want to just uh, delve into the plot? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Hans Zimmer did the score. That's my first. He note. did. Wow, really? Um, and you can't really tell. <laughs> can't <laughs> tell at all. It, it the score just kind of it's like a a classic '90s score where you really don't hear it. It's just it's it's background noise in the truest sense of the word. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, so the movie start starts right, yeah. and we're immediately introduced to the family. Mm-hmm. Which is Clara and Clara's older pa- sister. Older sister, Ro- might be Rosa. Rosa, something like don't. that. Um, and then Esteban and who? Which Farala? Fer Farala is that Glenn Close's name? Yeah. How are they? Because they're already with the family at some point, but they're not relatives. I, it's oh. Esteban wants to marry 
Rosa. The older sister. Yeah. yeah, Rosa. But then Rosa is with the current president? No, so her dad is a liberal senator. Rosa drinks the poisoned wine that was left for her dad. Yeah. Because it was, was he just recently elected or was it just that it was like a banquet or something like that? You know, we don't really know. It's very loose. It's very loose. There's just poison wine put there. And she right. drinks it and dies. But and yeah. prior to that, we it's we start with that like scene where they're by like the little coffee table, and Clara uses her telekinetic powers to move a cup yeah. over first, mm. and then she like lifts a table, and uh, mm. we get this great scene where Jeremy Irons starts to explain her powers. Magic must be your last resort. It has rules. It has. Is this from Aragon? <laughs> Before you cast a spell, you must learn the ancient language of the elves. Steer, turn this shit off. Listen. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. Uh, I had that shit pulled up for so long. <laughs> I was just waiting to drop it. Is that from Aragon? Yeah. Okay. It's when um, Brav explains magic to Aragon. I can't believe you know the names of these characters. <laughs> um, so, But, yeah, because... Clara has these telekinetic and clairvoyant abilities, and her parents do what any you know self-respecting parents do, and immediately monetize it. Well, um, I thought they didn't love that they were like they seemed to be like get out of here, you creeps. They they did that, but also they were letting it happen. Yeah, because yeah. they kind of positioned her in that room. I also want to talk about um, the actresses, pl- the actors playing her parents, because uh, one of them is Vanessa Redgrave who's uh, extremely well-respected um, actress. The other one is this guy, Armin Muller-Stahl. Mm. I want to talk about Armin Muller-Stahl. I loved him in the movie. I don't know anything else about him, but so I here, thought he did Here's great. the thing. He's a German actor um, who I just really enjoy whenever he pops up and stuff. He's in um, uh, The Game, David Fincher's The Game. He's in this. He was in Night on Earth, Stuart, that we talked about. He was the... Uh, the, the taxi driver. Yeah, in... I was just the thinking segment about I really like the moment about, when you said Armin Mullerstahl. I was like, wait a minute, I heard yeah, that. Yeah, I really like him in that. Um, he was nominated for an Oscar once in 12 Angry Men. He just mm-hmm. pops up in a lot of stuff. Um, here's the thing German actor, very German accent. Yes. You will notice he does not have a German accent in this movie. Does he? I feel like he doesn't speak much. Oh, that's because he's entirely ADR'd. That's yeah, awesome. he's by dumb. a different actor. And he's not, which, the, only, he's not the only one, yes. by the way. There's a lot oh. because they have some Spanish speaking actors in this movie mm. that they just dub in English. And you'll notice there's it's a scene with a political figure that Jeremy Irons tries to get to marry Winona Ryder. Oh, um, the, uh, the liberal. Yeah. Lux- you'll notice Lux- when he says his lines, it doesn't quite fit. That's because oh, wow. he's saying all of his lines in Spanish. <laughs> they just That's had an awesome. English actor overread his lines, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Weird thing to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we meet this um, this weird po- politically adjacent family um, with the telekinetic girl. She has a vision of herself marrying um, Jeremy Irons, right? That happens? Yeah. She knows that she's going to be with him. Yes. And, and her sister dies after drinking the poison chalice. And she, ha- she has a vision of her sister dying. Yes. Um, and her mom says this... I. That was interesting that she doesn't have the power to provoke events only to see them, yeah. which I think is interesting because it's like, how does she know that? How yeah. does the mom know that? Right. I don't know. Because we never see Meryl try and stop something from happening. Right. Yeah. 
it's almost like it's a it's a thing that it's like a train that's on just one track that you can't yeah. you can't get that get it off the rail if like you see it coming and all you can do is just brace for it in mm. the logic of her powers yes um and so when her older sister Rosa dies, are we? Is it actually Rosa? We should probably. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm trying to find out, and she's like not on the cast list. Oh shit! Really? Whatever. Um. Oh yeah, Rosa. It is Rosa. You're right. Big. Okay, big. It's Rosa. We've been good on us. Correct. Yeah, uh, we know. And so when Rosa dies, Clara, Clara stops speaking. Yes. Um. And Esteban's just like. Mm. <laughs> He goes back to the mines. Well, I, he, he yearns for the mines. He yearns for the mines. Yearns for the mines. There's a tweet where people are like, uh, 1924 Congress outlaws child labor in mines. 2024, the children play Minecraft. They Minecraft yearn, comes like the biggest selling They game. yearn for the mines. <laughs> repeal the law. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, he goes back to the mines, and then there's a time jump yes well wait because he's now a successful owner of a hacienda i think he buys the hacienda yes in the right in 1924 yeah he buys the hacienda he goes out there starts a farm um and it's in this segment Mm -hmm. that we're talking about where we get 1926 to 1946 Mm -hmm. yes and it's this segment where he's riding a horse one day crazy scene just like he sees a woman and he just swoops her on the horse she runs she runs she runs yeah and then he doesn't say anything speeds up the horse just swoops her up on the horse he goes somewhere remote throws her on the ground and rapes her yeah just rape out of nowhere out of nowhere this is not set up at all no there's no he just like has been denied his eventual bride and then just decides all right yeah, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah, it so, just just happens, yeah. and then it like it ends. The, the scene ends, and it goes back to like the way that it was. The movie, yeah, right. Yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't deal with the aftermath of that for a while. No, I kind of thought that they were never going to deal with it. Same. Like, yeah, I was at, until like, it pops back up. Yeah, yeah you texted me the most natural rape scene ever put to film. Like, like I yeah, like not to make know. light of a serious topic, but it is like. Almost comical how it occurs. And it's just Jeremiah's like, is trotting on a horse. He's a woman, <laughs> grabs her, raves her, gets up, scene cuts to something else happening. Well, and that's and, it. And it is graphic too. Like, yeah. it's not like no real good, tasteful way to film a rape scene, but yes, like, definitely not. Definitely this not. Way. This, <laughs> this is not way. the way. Def- and, and no, it's the no warning. It's the no warning. It's the that we stay with it prolongingly. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't like cut away yeah. when we know what's happening. No, it keeps us there. I think there's like a slow push onto her face. I think. Well, he he rips open her dress first, and yeah. we see that. Yeah. And yeah, and so like that happens. He's also simultaneously spending time with a like uh, a prostitute leader, Transisto. Who's Transisto? Great character. Yeah, I like her. Amazing. But she's like kind of um, she's both a um, prostitute within the town, but also just a someone who pulls levers in the town. Yeah. Obviously, Makes her way up. Right? Yeah. Works her way up the ladder and also has a lot of connections within the political like diaspora of... Um, I'd watch that movie. Yeah. I'd watch that. The Transisto Soto movie. Like, sounds like a great story. Yeah. Um, instead, we only see her like three times. 
Yeah. But and that's mostly just um, Jeremy Irons being like, "Connect me with the politics." Blah, 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 blah. And his uh, voice, in he huffs and he groans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's I like don't... a putters and mum and murmurs performance. Where's he? Where's Jeremy Irons originally from? Uh, he is British. He, he is British. Yes. Okay. Have you seen the Jeremy Irons like rich guy murderer mo- movie about Alan Dershowitz? I have not. Oh, that's a good, good movie. I I always think about that one with with Jeremy Irons, and he he plays a villain in that movie, but like, he gets off. It's like it's a courtroom drama. Stuart, have you ever seen where Jeremy Irons lives? No. Do you want to see what Jeremy Irons' house looks like? Sure. I'm assuring you. I'm dead serious. This is actually where Jeremy Irons lives. Is it like a shack in a meadows side? No, it is. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is where Jeremy Get Irons. That's awesome. The fuck. Out it's of a here. 15th century Irish castle. What are you? Are, oh my god. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> okay, that whips. The it's in- like- I'm seeing the interior. It does whip. He, he's very open that he does a lot of shitty movies so he could restore his castle. That castle does whip. You know what? I was shocked at first, but now I get it. Who doesn't want to live in a 15th century Irish castle? I would live there. I would live there. The interior looks really beautiful. Sorry, so I just look it up. Uh, 1990 Reversal of Fortune. It, it's it's Jeremy Irons and Glenn Close. Oh. And wow. Jeremy Irons tries to kill Glenn Close, his wow. wife. Wow. He does um, the same thing here. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was also Glenn Close. Great movie. Oh, Good um, run of Jeremy Irons and Glenn Close just being hating shit to each, each other. other. Hating yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, so then we have a time jump. Again. Where he goes back to wherever. The, it's 20 years later, and we know this because Jeremy Irons has a little bit of gray in his hair. A little bit. And he looks a little bit more posh like he's definitely made a name for himself mm-hmm. the hacienda is clean it's, it's yeah. just a very big yeah and clara is now meryl streep yes pause how old's jeremy irons in 93 jeremy irons Did, you know what i, I thought i'm well, going with on this it, i this is a little ahead also but like jeremy irons looks younger than, than antonio me. banderas i feel like I think he looks younger than Meryl Streep. Definitely, also. Yeah. Like, Jeremy Irons does not look old, except in the last section. Jeremy Irons is 45 in this movie. And then Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep would be 44. One year younger. So, here's my here was my main bump in this movie. <laughs> well, I had a lot of big bumps in this movie, <laughs> but this was one of them. That... He goes back to marry 20-year-old Clara, played by similarly aged mm-hmm. Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, well, okay, I kind of get that, like, there's going to be time jumps, right? Mm-hmm. So at some point, they're both going to be playing really old versions of themselves. And maybe it's easier to young down Meryl Streep than it is to cast a younger 20-year-old actress and age her up mm-hmm. as we jump in time. Maybe that's the reality, but also I think that makes sense. But yeah. also, it's Meryl Streep. Like, yeah. you're not gonna deny having Famed Meryl Streep Chilean actress. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But if we get over the fact that, like, they called her, they said they said that her um, her Clara was the toast of Santiago. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if we first get over the hurdle that they're not casting Chilean actors in this, you're, and they're they're stomaching the idea that, oh yeah, it's gonna be fine to cast white actors. Are you telling me that Glenn Close doesn't look like a? Fer- Rula Tru- Truiba. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, then if you have the opportunity to cast Meryl Streep, you definitely do it. Like you should cast Meryl Streep in any role you have. It was just a little bit of a bump for me when he shows up 
to marry 20 year old Clara and it's Meryl Streep yes. you know there like 40 something year old Meryl Streep and who's the same age as Jeremy Irons yeah who now has a little bit of gray in his hair as I said right also the mom the mom character yes. does I mean troubling yeah. in itself but like looks super young yeah yeah so much younger than Glenn Close and uh, Jeremy Irons yeah Vanessa Redgrave looking great in this movie and we oh we know I meant his mom oh oh god yes oh who's like who's like in the yeah yeah she looks like I'm uh, done oh she looks like the bear she looks like the Baron from Dune oh wow I was gonna say the whale (laughs) that might be more rude (laughs) 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 listeners (laughs) listeners comment on YouTube is it more rude to say the Baron from Dune or the whale. I mean, neither are really glowing. Neither. My Anyway. The desert takes the weak. Uh, a difference My in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> Start harvesting the spice immediately. Push, Baron. Push, Raven. Squeeze. Squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. The Harkonnens have ruled I am muting Jeff. <laughs> Jeff is Jeff is being muted. Um, a difference that I noticed in the book uh, is when Clara speaks for the first time, it's not saying like "hi" to uh, right. Jeremy Irons. It's her saying Jeremy Irons is going to come back and marry me. Yeah, which I feel like hits so much harder, mm. right? Like if if it's just like her and her family and saying like "whoa." Crazy. I'm gonna get married, yeah. as opposed to he shows up, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, you're talking." That, yeah. th- that, didn't, that scene didn't work for me. I don't know about you. I didn't. It didn't work for me either because, like, the, we don't. I don't feel any impact of or consequences of her not talking. No, because it, it goes from "I'm never gonna talk again" to she talks for the first time. Yeah, and there's never. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's all all, and I guess it's like preordained that he's gonna marry her because there is no like conflict or like. Well, Maybe we should talk about it first. Like, no, it's like I'm, I'm here to come marry you. Oh, that's great! <laughs> I love that idea. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, how are we pronouncing Glenn Close's character name? Farrella. 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 Uh, Shut the fuck up, Farrella. Farrella. <laughs> yeah, Farrella. Um, and so they immediately move into the hacienda, mm-hmm. and Farrella asks him if she can move in with them mm-hmm. because Farrella and Clara have a good relationship. Well, there's that scene at the diner or no, it's not a diner. It's uh, not a diner at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's even... actually weird. It's set in 19 like thirties, but they go to like, this is a fifties diner. They walk like, in there. Yeah, there's, there's like, milk there's a woman, shakes. there's a woman named Flo. Yeah, <laughs> like she's on roller skates. <laughs> Maybe the least diner restaurant ever. But there's, <laughs> there's that scene. Great scene. I like that scene. Which one's the, the one where, where, uh, Clara's like, it's okay. She speaks. You're my best friend. Yeah, you're gonna come live with us. You're gonna come and, live and with Farrell us. And Farrell just starts crying uncontrollably. Yeah. I've never... See, okay, I did not know what direction this movie was gonna go, and my first meeting thought was, oh, she's gonna have an affair, like with Clara. With no. with yeah. Clara. Yeah. Like Here, or Clara's gonna have an affair with Farrell. There's the confession but, scene. Yeah. 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 Because we have established. Yeah, that, the confession yeah. scene. I that's, thought, that's, oh that's my like god, trailer on YouTube. Yeah. When you click, I, I rented this on YouTube, and when you click the thing before renting it, it plays that scene. Wow. Which is like, because Glenn Weird Close scene to choose. is also established as having like lesbian dreams. Yes, and 
So the thing that's so weird is if, if, if we pause the movie at this point, you ask me, what do you think this movie's about? And I'm like, all right, it's called The House of the Spirits. We have some telekinetics. We're in Chile. Um, Farrell is having feelings for his or her husband or brother's wife. Yeah. I'm like, okay, here's the movie. Um, she starts having an affair with Clara. Yeah. In his anger, Jeremy Irons kills her or casts her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She returns as a spirit. In the house. Ha- in the house to haunt the family. And using her, you know, clairvoyance, Clara has to kind of reconcile with her and expel her. Is that where we thought this movie was going? Maybe, maybe not that in the deep 100% end. 100% where I thought this movie I, was I going. But I definitely thought there was going to be like, there's going to be some like, uh, there's going to be a, like lesbian affair going on. I was convinced on. that's there's where the plot was going. to be family drama. Like they're going to... Yeah. Like I thought, it was gonna, they're gonna live this whole like life to the point where like Jeremy Irons would almost kind of know about it, but like unspokenly keep denying it and shove mm-hmm. it down mm-hmm. to the point where you can't yeah. deny it anymore. And then I thought it was gonna be like a cultural like homophobic yeah. like thing where like maybe someone in the po- government finds out, ruins his mm-hmm. career. Like mm-hmm. that's what the direction I thought I was going with. More like not so much mysticism and more like family drama esque of it because. You didn't predict the fascist uprising. <laughs> no, no, that that uh, you, you should see the text I sent to Jeff about it. Um, I gotta pull this up because oh, I sent I sent me a screenshot. That's right, you did send me a oh, screenshot. The what the fuck is this yeah, movie? It, it was so. Hold on, there's uh, the first thing. Okay, I actually texted you a lot of things about yeah. this. Um, okay, so I said. Wait, so let me get something straight. Clara, who was like five years old when Jeremy Irons' character was like 20, is now supposed to be Meryl Streep getting married to Jeremy Irons. And then, who looks the exact same. Right. And then, I'll Stuart, remember when she had telekinetic abilities? Like, and they aren't, and, oh, yes, and clairvoyant. I'm sure that's exactly what this movie is going to be about. And all these at- white actors are playing Chileans. And I sent them the poster to the 1983 movie Alive, which is about the Uruguayan <laughs> uh, rug, uh, soccer team that gets crashed in the Malayans, all played by white people, including yeah. our beloved Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I said, literally the same year, blah, blah, blah. Wait, so are they not going to bring up the whole telekinesis thing ever again in this movie? And I just sent him a smiley face. And then there's a third act reveal what this movie is really about. Oh, boy. And then an hour and 20 minutes, minutes later, later, you text me. What the fuck, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Farula is having uh, feelings for Clara. She has her confession. I've not shut the movie off, by the way, like in terms of like if I'm going to like it or not yeah. like it, because I think, oh, this could be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, there's ma- this, there's like an idea here. I'm still undecided. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's like that. The, it's all about like a family dynamic here. This like kind of fucked up larger scale family. Um, Esteban wastes no time getting down to business. Um, and Claire is pregnant with who will eventually become Winona Ryder. Yeah. Um, but not yet. Don't you fucking forget it. Also, you really like, like her name's Blanca. Yeah. Uh, They're uh, all named after Spanish words for white. white. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Mm. It, was, it was actually a subconscious idea to have them all be played by white actors <laughs> in, in fitting with the uh, the name choice. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Winona Ryder enters the fray. And at this point, like, we get the fuller picture of how cruel. I mean, we've got we've known Jeremy Irons is cruel because of the rape scene, but then we also get more input on like how cruel he is to his workers yeah. on his farm and to his sister and to his sister, just like yeah. so much like just endless abuse of Glenn Close. Yeah, yeah, 
And so, like... And you're like, Glenn Close is going to be a major part of this movie, I can tell. Like, the second half of this movie is going to be the Glenn Close hour. I know it. Um, The last thing before we have another big time jump, um, which it feels like we're speeding through, we're trying to get to the real, like, meat of this movie. Well, because beforehand, there's... Yeah. The only real juice is Pedro and Blanca. Yeah, which is actually what I'm about to say, is that before... Is that... um, Pedro is the son of the head of the laborers. Who Segundo work. is his name? Segundo. The, the foreman of that the guy, house. That guy kills That him. guy's great. That guy's awesome. I like that movie. guy. The guy who plays the dad? Yeah. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah. He was really, really good. I liked him. Uh, like the one of the very few actual Spanish actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to be here when you catch up with my son. That's a great line. Yeah. Like, yeah. But um, his son, Pedro, is running around and playing with um, uh, Blanca. But there's... We're still, they're little at this point. Yeah, they're still little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I forget exactly what happens, but they, like, almost get injured. And no, they... I think they just run away to the lake. They run, they run away, away to the lake. To the lake, and, like, they both strip down, and they're just, you know, it's but innocent. it's a like kid thing. Yeah, it's a kid thing. But then they find them, and Jeremy Irons is like, I don't want her to go native. Yeah. Like, I want her to be... Which, it's like... Hearing it from a white actor, it just yeah. makes it yeah. all the more like kind of gross to hear. Because mm-hmm. at one point, you there's a there's a movie about like you know this high up and coming like rich Chilean like landowner mm-hmm. saying that about people of his own kind. Mm-hmm. Like there's a movie about that, but mm-hmm. then there's also like there's a movie where it's supposed to be a Chilean guy played by a white guy yeah. who makes says that line about Chilean workers of the lower mm-hmm. class. So it just felt a little icky. And yeah, he's like, I'm not, he, he, she's never going to spend any time on a center of boarding school. Yeah. Um, well, that's where the, there's that other scene, though, before the time skip. Yes. The, my note, I just want to smell you. <laughs> um, yes. That's a, that's a creepy, so creepy, creepy, what, creepy scene. Yeah. The precursor to that scene is um, the woman that Jeremy Irons yeah. rapes. Yeah. Shows up with her fully adult son, fully adult, large son. adult son, yes, who also does not change or grow the no. land of the large adult son. And she's outside his gates and says, We're starving, we need food. And he is being the classic asshole prick and being like, Whatever, take this. And the next time you come on this land, I'll have you guys shot or whatever. That I mean, if you're Jeremy Irons, why not just kill them? Why not? Wouldn't it just make your life way, way better and easier? And then at this point, we're what? In like, like the, we're in the fifties at this point in Chile. I think because fifties or sixties. She's she's still a kid. Went on a rider, so yeah. So like, we're in the fifties, sixties in Chile. I don't know a lot about the geopolitics at the time, but you could probably kill someone and get away with it in oh, his stature. I like, mean, and if it's a person on your land, like yeah, easy. Yeah. But so then the son, uh. The creepy son guy. It's so weird because like great actor, I guess. I yeah, mean, like he totally sold. What's I'm a weird his whole thing creep. is yeah. He stares. What I was doing, I was staring at May. Folks. What's his name in the movie? I can't. What is it's Esteban? I think it's Esteban. Is it the a, son's name? It's is? Vincent Gallo. I'm pretty sure it's Esteban. Yeah, also, it's Vincent Gallo is the actor's name. The actor's name is. Oh yeah, Esteban Garcia. Yeah, they. they Esteban, and then Esteban. Jeremy Irons is Esteban Trueba. Yeah. Okay. 
So I'm going to call him Garcia. I feel like sure, that's sure. easier for no, me. He's, he's played by very normal actor Vincent Gallo, who has never had any controversies or problems. Wait, has life. he? What? 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 what is it? Um, you can't drop that. You can't just drop that after we're talking I'm, about his creepy I was, performance, Jeff. Uh, trying to find uh, some classics from Vincent Gallo. Um, here, I'll read you some highlights just from his Wikipedia page. Um, I, he says, I do not have the Jew gene. Mm. Um, offers On his website, offers himself as an escort for $50,000, sells his sperm for $1 million. Um, is a fan of U.S. President Richard Nixon. Mm. Um, expressed support for President Donald Trump. Extremely proud that Trump is the American president. Mm. Um, mm. Says this Screen Actors Guild is a self-serving union that has no interest in the uh, its members. Uh, just a very, uh, very wow. cool guy. Wait, the, the first line on his Wikipedia page, following a childhood working for the local mafia... Gallo began his professional career as a Formula 2 motorcycle racer. He went on to become a successful painter and musician until he transitioned into film and television. Wow. Is that true? Like like <laughs> just put that It shit sounds up. like uh, something he would write on his own Wikipedia page and IMDb IMDb Pro subscription. Um yeah. But so yeah, uh Esteban Garcia the I'll just say like the bastard son of Esteban Trueva, the son of rape. Uh, he sneaks into his hacienda mm-hmm. and it, the, the, the like Jeremy Irons and Meryl Streep, they're all gone. It's just Blanca, mm-hmm. little girl Blanca. Yeah. And he walks in and she's immediately like, who are you? What are you doing here? And he's like, I just want to smell. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sits down on the couch. is like, come over here. I just want to smell you. And she sits on his lap and he like, he begins to try to molest her. Mm-hmm. Like he puts his hand on her leg and starts going up her skirt. But then people walk in the house and he mm-hmm. runs off. Yeah. I think in the book, it, uh, in the it, book, yeah, he full on molest uh, Blanca because then later he rapes Alba. Yes. Well, I think, it's or also is that a different his guy? son. It's it's there's another generation of the Garcias right. also in the book. Right. So right. I think like Esteban Treba's direct son does molest Blanca, and then his son molests rapes r- rapes Alba. Uh, Alba. Yeah. In the prison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what's the what a great movie. You know what's the better version of this? What? Uh, Denis Villeneuve's 2010 Incendies. I haven't seen it. Which, uh, I'm just going to put that out there as like, it, the, watch Incendies. It's such a good movie. Have either of you seen The Spirit of the Beehive? No. That is a very similar movie. It, like, it is everything this movie wants to be. Yeah. Which is about, it's like a, a little girl in Spain during the Republican yeah. Revolution. Yeah. Um, And uh, like a Republican sneaks into her town and... Mm. she sees him and like it's that's an amazing amazing movie but version of this story yeah yeah, it's like it's another very slow countryside yeah but at family movie Mm -hmm. um we're kind of 
not that much happens or like stuff happens, but it happens very spread out. But that movie like nails it. And this movie doesn't do as well. Incendies is about like the, this it's weird. Cause the plot twist of the movie is that this couple, it's this main woman who's trying to like trace back the steps of her mother when she was essentially going through war torn, I think it I, it just says Middle East, but I think it's like Syria or mm-hmm, Iraq. Mm-hmm. And you find out that her mother was like Lebanese. Is that what it is in in incendies? Um. Uh, it the the it says the country's never named. Yeah, exactly. It's never named. You're it's, correct. It's like, but I think it's it's implied that it's like Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find out the plot twist is that this couple are actually siblings. Because mm. it, it's like a little Oedipus-y kind That's of in tough, that way. Yeah. Because like the mother was raped by this guard mm. and got pregnant with a son who then met her daughter later. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it it's got that Oedipus nest to it. But it's it follows along the same trend of like generational trauma through a geopolitical chaos in the background, which this movie doesn't do doesn't do it in the remotest sense but i just put that out there it's like mm-hmm. that's like where that's the movie that lands all the beats that this movie completely yeah. misses on uh so any rate yeah uh esteban garcia creepy guy almost molests blanca in this movie actually molests blanca in the book yeah um and then is the time it's the time jump yes. right so that's when we get winona blanca yes. winona comes in this movie about 45 50 minutes in how do we feel about Winona in this movie? Um, I don't know if she's the best casting for well, this role. Well, you think? <laughs> um, I don't think she's bad. I um, think you, you're you saying that in a sense of not just like the whiteness, obviously, yeah. but I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I don't think she's bad in this movie. I think she is a talented actress, as we've been covering, and she has like a level of talent and commitment that makes it hard to be bad and non-committed. Yeah. Um, but I very much think that like the movie doesn't really give her anything to do besides be tortured. Yeah. Eventually. I also kind of feel like, and maybe it's just like her look, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's Winona Ryder. Yes. Right? Like yes. It, I'm not at all convinced that this is Blanca. Ch- yeah. Blanca. In, in Chile in 1960 or 19, yeah, 70, 70 something or 60 something. Cause there's a, there's a scene in the movie that should have been so impactful that just didn't land for me. It's when she walks back in the house after being released from prison Mm -hmm. and she's Mm -hmm. just covered in dirt, blood, bruises, cuts. Mm -hmm. And she walks in, sees Esteban and her daughter, Alba sleeping on the couch. Mm -hmm. That should have like provoked tears. Mm -hmm. Just that scene. And it just didn't for me. There was, there was only one scene that provoked strong emotion in me. And I can either say right now or we can get to it. I mean, we can get to it. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to it. We'll get to but it. But it wasn't that one. You're right. And it yeah. should have, right? It like, should have, yeah. Because we have this this big chime jumper in, in the mid-early 60s. Um, Winona comes back from boarding school, um, and she immediately reconnects with Pedro, and they, um, they who's they now start. played by Antonio Banderas. Yes. One of his earlier... Yeah, very early roles. Earlier English-speaking roles, I believe. Yeah, I, I'll look up... Uh, let me bring up the filmography. I, just, I read a trivia beat, bit that Antonio Banderas had... Like, 
was still kind of learning English at this point. So yes. that's why he doesn't have as many lines as he does. It's funny. The night before I watched this movie, I had uh, just watched um, Philadelphia uh, with my wife, uh, which is like one of the most devastating movies ever made. Sir, have you seen Philadelphia? I've not. Um, Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington. Uh, if you want a good cry, uh, you should watch that movie. Okay. Lawyer it's, movie. It's a law. Lo- it's an incredible lawyer movie. Oh, then I definitely will watch it. I like. The, I love lawyer movies. The, the the pitch of Philadelphia is that Tom Hanks is a um a gay lawyer who's diagnosed with AIDS and he's fired by his um law firm, essentially because he was messing up on the job. But he believes that it was because of his diagnosis and that they sabotaged him to get fired. Denzel is a homophobic lawyer who still agrees to represent him because the law is the law. And it's about the two of them, like their relationship. I'm seeing the intermingled with, yeah, like the Tom Hanks is like rapidly, um, you know, worsening AIDS. And it's, it's just incredible movie. I weep like a baby watching it. I'll, I'll watch mm. it when I can. Tom yeah. Hanks won the Academy Award for it. It's very good. Anyway, Antonio Banderas is in it. Um, he is Tom Hanks' boyfriend. And I watched this immediately after that, and it provoked mm. strong emotion in me to want to weep again because <laughs> mm. I saw his Antonio Banderas, who's also not Chilean. He's a uh, Spaniard. Yeah, so he's still uh, European. He's still yes. like a European white dude. But yeah. like he's, I guess he's a native Spanish speaker, but... Yeah, I mean, he, he's... I mean, if anything, he's more He's of a Hispanic, uh, but, you know, that's... Uh, he's Castilian Spanish. Oh, I didn't... That's just is a, that a thing? It's, what is that? It's a region? That re- I, region? When, when I, t- I took Spanish in high school, and my t- professor or my teacher was Castilian Spanish, which is Spain Spanish, not, like, South America Spanish. Oh. It's well, just a I, different way of speaking the language. I think it's all... I, I learned this, too, that, like... Uh... uh I think Latino is more of the terminology you'd say for people of like Central South America, uh, Mexico, and Hispanic is if you're if you're lumping in Spain and on that too. Yeah, I, I, le- I learned that recently. Yes. Um. So he is like his Hispanic. Yes. Not Chilean. Yes. Um. I mean, I I look at any of the Latino actors and actresses in this movie, and I always like like are any of them like Chilean? Chilean? I don't know. Like. I'm not quite convinced. Likely not. Because they filmed it in Europe. Yeah. So, yeah. she And they start a relationship right away. Winona and Antonio Banderas. I think the implication is that they've been doing that every summer. Yes. Like, they've been connecting every summer, but yeah. now that she's back full time. Yeah. They're going hot and heavy. Because she basically says the only thing she had to look forward to in boarding school was coming back. Yeah. To see yeah. Pedro. Yeah. Who now who works as, like, a stable boy at the... At the same at farm. The, at the house. Yeah. Um... So they started. They they go hot and heavy yeah. in their relationship, and it turns out that they're not the only relationship that's been going uh, over the past several years. Because uh, Clara and Farula continue their friendship, and, and there's uh, the earthquake. There's an earthquake, and Farula, you know, has still maintains her feelings for Clara, and um, they sleep in the same bed. Nothing happens, but right, okay. Because I, I was a little confused when you said that. I was like, "Wait a minute, what else? What are yeah?" I don't think it's never like explicit. It's not like an explicit yeah. relationship, but right. It's 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 happening. Yeah, and um, there's also so this is when Esteban Jeremy Irons is getting more into politics. Yeah, so he goes to that party, and they're trying to get him to run for senate. 
and that's also where he meets the Luxembourgish. Yes. Or is it Luxembourg? Is it Luxembourg? Lithuania? Luxembourg. So, like, I think it's Luxembourg. Yeah, Luxembourg. Yeah. yeah. Meets him there. Yeah. And um, so that he's running for the conservative uh, Senate race. Mm-hmm. And that's the earthquake besides like, I guess, sparking Clara and Farrella sleeping in the same bed together. It's just, that's really it, right? That's really Nothing it. really else hop happens because of the earthquake. No, he just goes, it makes him go home. Yeah. And makes them sleep together. And then, I mean, I, I have uh, noted when Jeremy Irons kicks Farrella out of the house, he, he says, I'll kill you. Which was real. <laughs> yeah. That really like, stuck Whoa. out to me. Yeah. If you, ever, if you ever come back here, I'll kill you. Well, and there's one where they're playing uh, badminton. Yeah. Badminton. And at one, he's getting annoyed because they're having too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and he at one point says to Farrella, Meryl Streep, who's playing a performance like she's oblivious to all the abuse. Mm-hmm. Like that's at least how she's playing it. But he at one point says, it's like, you know, sometimes I wish you were still like mom was still alive. So you had to stay there <laughs> taking care of her. Like he says something to the out of that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Luxembourg guy mm-hmm. there, he's coming over more often. And at one point he finds Winona yeah. and Pedro having sex on the lake. Yeah. Um, and that's when he tells uh, Jeremy Irons that. Yeah, when does that, I, I, I guess, I'm like, I know, uh, when does he hit Clara? Is that is that because of when the Luxembourgish man finds them, or is that because of what happened with Farrell? I think it's when the Luxembourg guy yes. finds them. Mm. Because he, yes, because he wants to kick Pedro off the land. Yeah. And Clara... Oh, because Clara knew, obviously. Clara she knew. The future, yeah. I, believe, I believe Clara actually hits him when the Discover... Um, Winona and Pedro. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's when it happens. And then Farrella dies somewhere in they, there. They throw Farrella out. Um, and then they're having dinner one night. Um, I, at this point in my notes, I wrote uh, a I, Jeremy Irons is a whole ham sandwich in this. Yeah. Yes. Like he's like he's a honey roast. Yes, you must. We must jump the communist party. And yeah, we're bringing order back to this country. The the Farrella stuff that all happens before they stop talking to each other and before the Luxembourg guy finds yeah. out. Because I do have the note like when uh when Farrella dies, it's like, wasn't Farrella banished days ago? Like, like, <laughs> it, it, it really feels like she was banished like uh And she lost her will to live and die. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no sense of time passing time passing at all. I was going to say, like, for folks of the audience listening, if it just sounds like we're just naming plot points is because that's the, that's pa- the, that's the pace of the movie. It's yeah. just there's no there's nothing behind anything happening per se. It's all just this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. I'm obsessed with how Farrell dies in this movie because, like, they're all just at dinner and then the door opens. Farrell walks in. Oh, Glenn yeah. Close is just yeah. walking in the house and she's walking towards them. And Jeremiah's like, Farrell's after you. I thought I banished you from the home. Um, and then Claire's just like, yeah. And then Glenclus walks up and just disappears. And, Gl- and Meryl Streep's just like, she's dead. And then it just cuts Did to them Esteban at like a little her? shanty. Did Esteban see her walk in? I thought Clara was having a vision. I I'm, thought so too. But I thought, I thought Blanca it, had the yeah, vision. Yeah, Winona also. at least clocks oh. her. I'm 
Uh, which is why I was so excited for the Rogue One ending scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's, she's picking up. She crushes Vincent Gallo like, with the force. That would immediate 10. That movie, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> that movie would have been 11 out of 10 if Winona Ryder had used force abilities, like malignant style, just busted out at the end. Yeah, it would have been really awesome. Um, um, but they, they, go, they just cuts to them at a shanty. Yeah. And Clara like opens the door and Glenn Close is just dead in there. And she's like, oh, my dear Farrella. And then we never mention her again. <laughs> Farrella, Glenn Close, out of the movie. Never mentioned, never spoken of, no picture, just gone. We've wrapped up that plot line. I was, like I said, so convinced that, all right, it's called the House of the Spirits. Here we go. She's going to be the spirit that's going to like kind of, it's like the legacy of the family. No, none of that. We don't don't have space for that. Let's go over there. No, because we got to deal with bigger issues. What happens is that we he, deal with he, the fall of democracy. He finds out about Pedro and Blanca immediately kicks Pedro off his land. Pedro, while this is all happening, is also protesting on the land yeah. for workers rights. Start union. Start a union. Unions, yes, man. And he's immediately like, you're banished from my land. Un, uh, in the words of Grima Wormtongue, under pain of death. <laughs> he whips him. He does whip him, yes. Uh, a brutal scene, because his father holds him while he yeah. gets whipped. Um, and then the scene would be copied later in Pirates of the Caribbean, Deadman's Chest, when Bill Turner whips William Turner. Can I read? <laughs> I I have said many times on this show how much I love the people who write synopsis for movies on Wikipedia. Mm. And I would like to shout out the description of uh, a sequence in this movie. Mm-hmm. Realizing Farrella has died, Clara drives into town to find Farrella dead in her modest home. <laughs> Just like fucking crushing her in death. The modest home. <laughs> it's then discovered that Winona is pregnant. Yeah, she's prego Mayago. And then Jeremy Irons tries to pressure the Luxembourg guy to marry her. Yeah. And the, obviously none of them want that. Because the Luxembourg guy's like, I don't want to His name do is that. Jean de Centinier. And Winona doesn't want that. And he's like, I am a member of the, I'm a senator of the Conservative Party. <laughs> you will marry him. I will not have another bastard wait, in my name. Wait, 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 And wait, then wait. she says, well, there's already a few. I just realized we skipped the funniest plot point in this movie. Probably having an hour ago in the runtime. <laughs> <laughs> it's when... Winona or when Meryl is giving birth to Winona um. and she suddenly has a vision of her parents driving down the road and it's just fucking arm installing just like half jolly <laughs> driving this car and then out of fucking nowhere a train comes around the corner oh, it's like, he's like I can't eat the black they <laughs> can't trying. do anything that's that, that <laughs> actually can't run the car the off train. the road yeah, the like, I can only go straight <laughs> and the train just plows right into the car <laughs> Matt, there's a massive explosion and she's like my parents are dead we never talk about them again. <laughs> <laughs> never mention it. Oh it's just such an insane over-the-top death scene for two characters who will never be spoken of again in this movie. So we gotta keep moving. Yeah, we, we yeah. gotta get uh, to the next time point. life moves on like <laughs> this with Winona when Most she gets people pregnant. Die so suddenly. Uh, she gets pregnant and uh she has her baby Alba. Um uh, and yes. this is like the last generation we kind of stick with. Um, yeah, I, I kind of thought I have this note also. Um, 
I kind of thought like the Luxembourg guy was gonna be like God, or like like <laughs> what? Or like the like the self insert camera character. Like I thought he was, I thought he was gonna be more than he was. I, yeah, I he thought he's he like does okay, he's the disappear. outsider view we get. Yeah, and I thought he was gonna be important. He's not. He does not disappear after uh, Alba is born. Yeah. Um, yeah. because then Alba gets born, and there's more Pedro Jeremy Irons drama. At one point he tries to shoot him and kill him. He's like hunting well, him down. And it's his normal, normal thing to do. His son likely thing for takes him, to, him to find Pedro. Yeah. And then denies him the reward. His his bastard son. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, are you asking for this guy to kill you? Right? Like like I I I was like, when is the bastard son gonna kill Jeremy Irons? Yeah. I, I was hoping for that scene. Because he has this revenge plot. But we find out how fucking deep it goes. Yes, it goes, it goes too much deep. <laughs> how deep the scheme is. <laughs> because he then says, like, he comes back and says, hey, you never gave me that reward. I want to join the military. Yeah. And he's like, I'll write, I'll call the academy tomorrow. I'll get you a scholarship. Well, and then it's like that. That was, I thought that was a little clever where it's like, exactly. Oh. Cause where you think like, oh, he's going to go to the military and, we'll, and like, we like the dead the parents, like yeah. Farala will never see him again until we do. And then it's the fascist uprising. And you're like, when you see when the camera like pulls back yeah. and it's like, and you're like, I know, oh, that it fits together because he yeah. got the check for that. It's, it's like, a fuck. smart storytelling decision that I'm going to give sole credit to Isabella yeah, for, and yeah. not to the, the filmmakers Wh- of this movie. What is the final thing that happens before the coup begins? Because the timing is comedic. Well, pa- well, what happens is Pedro has to go into hiding fully. Mm-hmm. Alba's born. Oh, and the, um, this is where she hits or where Jeremy Irons hits. Meryl yes. Streep. He hits Meryl Streep. She dies before the coup. Yes. She dies before the coup. Yeah. Meryl and is like, uh, basically leaves. Um, goes back to the city. She goes back to the city and moves in with Blanca, and they live away from their father, who's now just a sad conservative politician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a story of many American lives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a sad conservative politician. Um, so the... Um, Da, 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 da. Well, uh, Clara eventually dies. Well, f- there's there's like mm. a little bit of a chance for reconciliation. Yeah, there's they, like another s- minor time jump. Yeah, because when she when he comes to her birthday party, Alba's birthday, oh, party, which right. is also the party where the money is exchanged. For yes, the for the academy. military academy. But right. like they get back, to, like she still never speaks to him. It's oh, because like, oh, she tells her servant. Yeah, to tell do my that. husband. It's like, tells my husband. Yeah, X Y Z. Um. But yeah, so they kind of like it. Oh, it kind of is looking good. Reconciliation. And then it's like, what what's going to happen in this movie? Right, like right. It's like when Nona and Meryl are liberal, and their her father is conservative, but they're slowly reconciling. And then there's a big election coming up. Yes. Um. I even though we were getting a lot about the election, I didn't. I didn't it, register it. I didn't yeah. register it. Yeah. Like, and he's like, I'm confident the conservatives will pull through, even though all the polls are going against them. Yeah. Um. And so. And then there's the, it's like right around the same time uh, when the results of the election show that the communists win in a landslide. And then Clara dies because he gets home to the Mm -hmm. city. Or no, no, no. What happens, Clara is laying in bed. She's not doing well. And Alba comes in. Yeah. And Meryl just like takes her hand and says, dear child, I have always been in connection with the spirits on the other side. (laughs) 
Yeah, and then dies. <laughs> just, like, fucking yeah. dies. And Jeremy Irons, who... She just, like, told her seven-year-old granddaughter, there are ghosts, and I speak to them, and then dies. It's then in there. Imagine <laughs> and your I grandma. Would be a ghost. Imagine and, your yeah. grandma. You, like, go in a room, and she's like, there are ghosts. I talk to them. I will be one. And just dies. Yeah. Fucks be you terrifying. up. Fucks you be terrifying. It would be awful. I, I, Alma's going to be traumatized. She's just... Just stands there and then she walks out the front door. Yeah. Where um Jeremy Irons and Winona are trying to come in and she's just like, Grandma's dead. <laughs> and Jeremy Irons like drops the thing of baguettes. He's he holding some smashes. Well, the no, window. he smashes oh, the window that, with that, his and, cane. Okay. You know, that got me. That got yeah. me. Because <laughs> like, he does it in his old man frail state yeah. where he's so stiff. He's like, burr, burr. I'm going to give Jeremy Irons credit. He does a pretty good old man. In this he, yes. he plays a very convincing he old man. does do a very good that old man. scene where it's like, it's so it's real. Yeah. Like, just apoplectic. Yeah. My wife is dead. I, I'm going to smash the window. Of my yeah. car. <laughs> what else can I do? Um, the next, the turnaround is so fast. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. next scene is the funeral where he's, they're all standing above Claire's and grave. There's the military and there's a bunch guys, of military yeah. dudes there. And they're they're my favorite type of military guys in a movie. They are. I love the stodgy, like, kind of like pudgy military guys in the super tight suits with the fucking hats. Yeah. And Do you like, like the eight, death of Stalin. No, and like 80. <laughs> I was going to the death of Stalin. Yeah. I like it when they have like 80 stars. Yeah. Yeah. A comical amount of stars. <laughs> they're just. <laughs> and they're all just standing there at this wedding or at this funeral for someone they seemingly didn't know. And Jeremy Irons just like looks at them and nods. And you're like, what's this leading to? Yeah. yeah. Cut to Santiago, Chile. Tanks are rolling in. Crazy. crazy. There's people screaming on the streets. There's gunfire. There's There's military convoys. um, It's it's September 11th, 1973. Yeah. Yeah. This apparently this coup is. It, for real, actually, sometimes called the other nine eleven. The other nine eleven, yeah. Um, I mean, the the nine eleven until two thousand one, and then superseded um, in global. Even uh, though more people died yes. in that nine eleven than our nine eleven, we said nine eleven is the most important thing to ever happen. Um, my grandma's birthday is that's 9/11. one of my one of my high school friends is nine eleven. It was it was her sixtieth birthday that day. That's a crazy, and she's Hawaiian, so she was in Hawaii. And she's like, why did nobody call me? It's tough. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the true story. So brutal. Oh my God. <laughs> why did nobody call me? You fucking bitches. Yeah, I mean, it's six hours back. So like, she wakes up, it's like, it's like the tower Bush is already given the a towers speech, right? are <laughs> rough. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, fascist uprising. Yeah, um, military. The coup. entirety of Chile is overtaken by a military junta. I think this movie does a great job of like uh, it's a, showing how scary it yeah. is. Right? It's yeah. a good sequence. Like the, the obviously Billy August is a talented filmmaker, and this is like a well structured sequence. Yes, it's um, just terror. It's, yes, it's, it's terror. Just that terror. how hard it is to comprehend like just living your, your just your life, and then suddenly the military just takes over everything. Yeah. Um, and there's that scene with the guy. He's like, give me the keys to your car. Yeah. yeah. That's a great scene. Yeah. That guy, that like, guy eats. All, like, all, all senators or members of parliament lose their privileges. Yeah. Including yeah. your personal car. Yeah. Yeah. Blanca's arrested for association to Pedro. Yep. Um, and is taken away. Um, Esteban's like, I, I helped organize this. I talked to the Americans and got a financial aid. And they're like, 
cool. Yeah. They're yeah. like, we don't care. It's like, I need to talk to the minister. There is no minister. You deal with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great scene. Scary. Yeah. yeah. Very scary. Um, uh, it just is crazy how quickly you go from there are ghosts. <laughs> I will become one of them. Fascist uprising. Yeah. Um, even scarier, though, when Winona gets taken to her cell. And who do we hear walking yeah. in the room? But fucking Esteban Garcia, the yeah. bastard son. Yes. I, I wrote like this guy. <laughs> this fucking <laughs> this guy. guy. <laughs> he had been playing the yeah. long con the, all along. All yeah. this the, the best comparison I can make to what happens here is like if you were just watching like um like little women and then ha- right when uh is it Beth who dies in Little Women? Mm-hmm. When Beth dies Spoilers. suddenly a military like occupation comes into the town, takes over, and that's what the rest of the movie's about. Yeah, it's crazy. Have you seen yeah. Miracle Mile? I've not seen Miracle no. Mile. It's it sounds good. It's a movie. I actually haven't seen. I've seen like I watched like clips on YouTube, and I like you know when you watch like all the clips, you feel like you've seen the movie. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> um, I am very aware of this movie. It's like the first forty minutes are like a just rom com, and then. Uh, the, the, the guy in the rom-com gets a phone call that he picks up from a phone booth and it's a wrong number, but it's a, it's a, a military guy who's calling his dad saying the bombs are, are going to drop in, in, in like a few hours. Like I, I always told you that I would tell you dad. And then you hear that guy get shot on the phone. Oh my God. And the rest of the movie is just like, Oh wow. We have to get out of LA and spoiler alert. Nobody does. They yeah. all die. That's the end of the movie. It's just that the nukes are coming and you got an hour to live. It's like the wow. craziest. The movie what, changes genres. What's the scene that ends on the plot twist that Robert Pattinson works in the Twin Towers? Oh, remember me. <laughs> remember Man, have me. You seen, have you ever heard of the end of this? I've not heard. <laughs> it's this like romantic drama. Um, I'm gonna pull oh, up no. the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> pull up the end of this movie. I put together. <laughs> so, <laughs> you you are not prepared for whatever you imagine the ending of this movie is. <laughs> you cannot. It cannot be overstated how insane it is. <laughs> this is just how this movie ends. Oh my god! So. It's a romantic drama, and like things are finally starting to like become okay for Robert Pattinson. And then, don't worry, he's just he's just looking out over the city he loves, just enjoying a day. And he's just in the South Tower. And this is not at all set up in the movie. Does this involve... Okay, this clip doesn't have the best part of this. Does it Wait, just a does plane? Does it show the, the plane? No, the scene immediately prior to that is his daughter in a classroom, and the teacher's like, all right, class, let's oh say God, today's date, September oh. 11, 2001, and then it cuts to him, does the pullback to him alone in the tower, and you're like, what the fuck is this movie? Is that, is that the end? That's the end of the movie. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it just ends. It's terrible. Wild. Um, uh, but yeah, so Winona is getting beaten, abused, and tortured in this 
prison yes. for information about for, I mean, Pedro. About, for Pedro. Pedro. She's like, I don't know anything. And they just, Vincent Gall just kind of oh, keeps she, doing it for kicks. We also forgot he's par- he's a parasite in the basement. It's like, it's literally yes. a plot of parasite. Yeah. He's yeah. just, where's he getting his food? I don't know. Like, I don't know. But like, we know he's living in their basement. Jeremy Irons finds out about it, but like, right before she's taken away. Right. But doesn't like turn him in. And I, it seems like he doesn't do anything for a while. Yeah. It seems like it like it could have been like weeks had gone by. Yeah. It's important to know in the in the book though that it's mm. not Blanca who gets jailed and it's, tortured. It's yeah. Alba. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're again, we're we've just gone down like two generations and there's a third yeah. generation in the yeah. book heavily uh and so Alba who gets tortured and raped in prison by Esteban Garcia's son. Son, yeah, it's a third generation. Yeah, also. so we're like, just playing a little fast and loose with time here. Yeah, so no one's supposed to be playing like a forty-year-old. <laughs> I guess yeah, it, it makes yeah. sense in the movie in the sense like you don't want to like because again like it switches POVs a lot. Mm-hmm. So like if they did another generation worth of stuff in this movie, it just would have really convoluted a lot of things. Yeah, uh, like something else that doesn't really make sense to me is like so great sequence getting. Antonio Banderas to Canada. Very good tension. Yes. Good yeah. tension there. But then at the end of the movie, Winona Ryder goes back to the Hacienda. Yeah. Does she, does she they say eventually she'll go to Canada. Well, because he says well, like he says in the line, it's like He's waiting about, for you in Canada. Yeah, he says, like, where's Pedro? And he says he's waiting for you in Canada. But can I tell you what the problem I have with all this is? Mm-hmm. Is that um Jeremy Irons, like his whole change of heart is that he start is that like he starts caring for Pedro and wants to smuggle him out of the country and like has a big political and you know personal mindset change. The only reason that happens in the context of the movie is because he feels slighted by the military. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with the love. Of it has his nothing to do with yeah. the love of his daughter. Yeah. Which is what should it should be the love of his daughter and that opening his eyes to like the evil that he's wrought through his politics. Yeah. Instead, it seems like, oh, yeah, the military took my car, so fuck them. I'm going to get the revolutionary out of the country. Basically. I mean, which like, is, it definitely which slighted is him. a monstrous failing of this movie to me. Like, that, that's the most important um, emotional crux. Yeah. Is that you have to sell me on why Jeremy Irons, who spent the whole movie basically being, like, evil, has a change of heart and rescues Pedro from certain doom. Yeah. And I am not convinced. I'm just like weird that he just suddenly is now helping his arch nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. And the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? Like, that's just how it fucking ends is she, he is able to negotiate through um, Transisto. Transisto. Mm-hmm. Who's well, they, worked I think they, her way up. Yeah. She like runs everything, but they just threw her out on the street. Right. They yeah. Threw, they threw out on the street and they said, don't stay here until the sun rises. Don't forget the curfew. Yeah. Role. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think like all women, the <laughs> the implication is right. Like if you're a woman on the street, Transisto knows about you. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, the movie ends with um, she and all like she and Alba are reconnected. And Esteban's like, I hope I can make things right. I'll get you to Canada one day. <laughs> and then there's like, the final bit of them in Trace in their hacienda and Meryl Streep's ghost appears 
Um, right? That happens. And like, yeah. Does, does her ghost appear? It, it kinda. And like, it, and she like, it's, like in, of the Jedi, it's implied that she like. All the Chilean revolutionaries it, are dancing. Uh. Um, it implies that like she forgives yep, no. Esteban. Treva. So, and, and that's where the movie ends. Right? Yup, nope. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yup, nope. That's the end of the fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, just a wildly fractured film. About, Wild thing to do. It's like... They really made a movie. They really made a movie about 14 different topics and only spent... They only accomplished each topic, topic in its finality by like 2%. Per topic. I think Winona says at the end, she's like, I just want to move forward and be happy and forget about all this. And I'm like, girl, this is major stuff that just happened to you. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, we need Two House, Two Spirits. Two House, Two Spirits. <laughs> it's a sequel. <laughs> Bring the them house back. House of More Spirits. The House, house of, of More Spirits. There's so many spirits in this house now, guys. The spiritual sequel to this is 13 Ghosts. Like, I think you could actually make several movies about all the dropped plot lines from this movie. Absolutely. You gotta check up with Glenn Close, see what's going on there. The telekinesis. The telekinesis. Does she still have the ability? To, well, she's dead. We don't know. We don't know. Um, we gotta check in with how Esteban Garcia, the son, is okay. Is he okay? Like, what's yeah, going we, on? We never see the end of him. Yeah. No, he just, he it, it's just him torturing her, and yeah. then that's and it. And he gets off. And that's his. That's him getting back at his dad is torturing her for the life she lived that he couldn't. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Um, bizarre. Oh, moving. I give it uh, four out of five uh, houses. <laughs> four out of five houses. I'd say I'm similar. Four out of five. Four out of five. Four out of ten. <laughs> Four out of ten. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I didn't. I, I definitely didn't hate. I say four out of ten. That's great. Four out of five. That's too crazy. That's Stuart. No, four out. Of I, 10. I give it like a five out of ten because at minimum, or like a two and a half out of five, I suppose you'd say. Um, at minimum, it kind of has to be seen to be believed. It's yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like this. This is. I would almost describe this as like telenovela esque melodrama. It's so crazy. Yeah. I feel like the costuming was just okay. Everything yeah. was acceptable. N- nothing to write home about except the plot. Which all comes from the book and is mostly kind of like fragmented and destroyed in the actual I, concept of the movie. Yeah. I don't think there was a single shot. Where I was like, wow, that's a yeah. beautiful shot. And Hans Zimmer did the score and you barely even recognize it. I couldn't, couldn't oh my place God. it. I couldn't I hum a single tune. Like, I know you mentioned at the beginning of the episode and then I forgot. <laughs> I forgot it was a you Hans Zimmer score. forgot he was in this movie. I forgot it was a Hans Zimmer score. I'm looking at... Um, <sighs> God. I'm looking at what other people thought of this movie. It's It's like... Nobody's Very. ever talked about it, I think. Yeah, like the, it's all these random people on Letterbox like a solid like one to three stars out of five. Yeah. Average range. It made multiple worst of the year lists. Wow, really? Yes. It's a I it doesn't it's not really a setback for Winona because it flops. Um it's like it's not like, you know, a disaster for her. Mm. 
But um, especially coming after two major successes with Dracula and the Age of Innocence, this movie is just like a big like kind of whatever for her career and the way she's perceived. And thankfully, she comes back basically immediately after this with uh, some successes. But mm. this is kind of just a, a wash overall. It doesn't really impact her that much. It did win a bunch of German awards. Yes, which is the interesting thing. Um, I don't know if Billy August, if he resides in Germany. I know he's Danish. Because um, it's very in- it, that's very interesting that it gets a bunch of German awards, and I'm not sure why. I kind of wonder if there were no other German films that year. I mean, this isn't a German film. Yeah, it like, won the Bavarian Film Award, the German Film Award. <laughs> I, like, I like this award. Gold for Outstanding Individual Achievement Overall Concept. Just like they're giving you an award for the concept being pretty good. Huh. The Havana Film Festival Choral Award for Best Work of a Non-Latin American Director on a Latin American Subject. Billy August. Well, that's nice. Um, It makes number one year-end worst for Glenn Lovell of the San Jose Mercury News and Michael Mills of the Palm Beach Post. Overall, it was financially, not really that big of a success. It had a $40 million budget, which is, like, modest. That's pretty okay. Makes 61, so probably barely, you know, when you account for all the, you know, yeah, what the theaters take and marketing costs. Mm. Probably it, doesn't return anything for It our... was released in Germany, I see. Okay. Uh, Distributed specifically in Germany. Theatrically. Huh. It was also released in the U.S. theatrically. I found a, a Los Angeles Times article from uh, from its release. House of Spirits fails to levitate. <laughs> yeah, you got- think? Yeah, this movie. Like, what would I? What would I change? Add the force scene. Yes. Um. Finish uh, some of the plot lines and maybe prune some. If, or if you don't like, have time for them. Just make them longer, right? Yes. Like, if you if you keep Farrella through to the third act. Yeah. Then it's like okay. That can be the end of it, right? Like, if she's there at the conclusion, right? I, like, I kind of feel like this is the type of movie that begs to instead should, like, be a miniseries by a actual Chilean artist. I wouldn't watch it, um, but I don't disagree. Yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't watch it either <laughs> after seeing the movie. If this was a Chilean miniseries, no, would like, I, I wouldn't yeah. watch it. Well, I, I if it was good, I'd watch it. That's yeah. what I'll say. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I, I, no, I, I would don't watch. Want, it if I don't want to discount. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to discount it just because it's like a miniseries. Like I, I'm not really a TV person, but the geopolitics like, of the coup on its own. I because I would like watch this is a very, this is a very well respected, well liked book by an extremely prolific artist who has received multiple like national endowments of the arts, like medals from presidents. And I just think that there are some books that have a really hard time being adapted to the screen. Yes, all the King's Men. Yeah, all the King's Men would be extremely difficult. Yeah, I mean there was the um I the forties version. I've heard that it kind of blows. Really? Oh, I've heard. Well, I've heard the new one blows. Oh yeah, the new one, the forties one. I haven't seen the forties one. I've heard is pretty good. Mm. I would but, watch but it. There are some like books that their ideas are just so like, yeah, they're, they're so rooted in the in the form that they're written in. Like yeah. Watchmen is, I mean they made a movie, and I think that movie is the best possible version of a Watchmen adaptation you can get. Yeah. But Watchmen mm-hmm. is inherently tied to being a comic book. That's like artistically what it is designed, the story it is telling, the critique it's the critiques it's making of its form. Inkart. Inkart? Yeah. 
I mean, that that probably could have been a good movie. You think so? Yeah. I don't know. It's about books, but, you know, there's stuff in it. I just, I thought that, that movie sucked, but. I don't I see it. a good version of that movie ever being made. Even, like, the best version of an in-car adaptation would just, would still be mid-tier. Mm. It'd be, mm. it'd be like, it'd be like C or B tier at best. Like. A good in-car adaptation. House of Leaves, impossible to adapt. Because that's just, like. The experience of reading that book is so tied to like you have to flip it upside down and like mm. open secret compartments. Mm. I think half of all the fantasy medieval smut books that people are yeah. reading now are impossible. Cloud Atlas, uh, a movie I very much like, but mm. is very like I'm shocked that they were able to make that happen. People would always cite Dune as a big, like very unadaptable book because of just how big and boring it is well and i mean it, that's a compliment that's that, boring that gets to the Lord broader of the Rings. yeah that yeah. gets to the broader subject of like how different can you make the adaptation yeah. until it's no longer an adaptation because may you're a big tolkien head. yeah yeah um is this would you think the silmarillion's basically unadaptable as a movie well i think you could adapt like and i think it's not like an original thought, yeah but like you could adapt stories from the silmarillion yeah because, like, it's sort of like a collection of different yes. stories. And, like, the story of Baron and Luthien would make a sick movie. Yeah. And, it, and it's, like, the self-contained little story. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the story of, like, Tour going to the sea, right? Like, yeah. But you could never adapt the book. Mm. Or, or and you couldn't even make, a like, a self-contained movie about the the first part of yeah. the Silmarillion with, like, the song of create Like, What's that movie going to look like? Yeah, it's so tied into yeah. the written word and the language of it. Hell, I mean, yeah. people even say, like, technically some of, lots of Stephen King books are unadaptable. And a lot of that's because of the fucked up cocaine shit in there. Uh, I'm, I'm currently reading. You're uh, not going to include the kid orgy in it in an it adaptation. They're cowards. Um, <laughs> that's in the book? I, I no, that, that, that's actually the worst thing he's ever written. And he owns up to it to this day. The kids all have an orgy after they beat Pennywise. Um, That's and, crazy. Um, I'm currently actually reading Dance Macabre by Stephen King, which mm. is his nonfiction, his first nonfiction book about horror as a concept. Mm. And his like delineate, this is like completely not relevant to the movie we're talking about. <laughs> but it's, um, he's the chapter I just read was very fascinating. He talks about the difference between horror, terror, and um, revulsion. Mm. When mm. you're like telling a story, like terror is like fear of the unseen. Terror is like there's creaking sounds and you don't know what it is. Horror is just like there is a ghost in your house. And revulsion is just like splatter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just like how those three different, how he uses the three different forms of. Uh, the Evil Dead dude does it perfectly. Yeah. Like just nails all how three. You, how you use all three of them in telling your stories. Yeah. Of horror. It's a very fascinating book. I recommend Dance Macabre if you're interested in Stephen King's musings on uh, the horror genre. I always thought it's like, is it, it's the difference between like jump scares versus suspenseful mm-hmm. scares mm-hmm. versus just gore. Yeah. Um, like and- Rosemary's Baby is horrifying because you never see the baby. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's always out of frame. And, but you just know that there's something terrifying there. Jaws similar. <laughs> you do eventually see the shark, but yeah. it's it's the camera POV shark yeah. that scares you more yeah. than the shark itself. Um whereas a movie like Alien, which you know, mm-hmm. utilizes all three effects, like you're scared of the alien. May I know you haven't seen Alien. We need we're gonna yeah, rectify this very I soon. Know. We have to rectify actually, we have a good reason to rectify that very soon. We do, yes. 
What's the, is it the next? It, well, series? we have to we, we have, have to, to talk, talk about Alien Resurrection. I watched all mm. of them last year, but I'll. We should do another Prometheus, Alien Covenant, Alien, Aliens, Alien Three, Alien Resurrection. I I've, I did them all last year. I'll probably watch some of them again Let's, before we talk about Resurrection. Was there a new movie? There is. Yes. There's but Prometheus, Alien Covenant. Those are all prequels. Yeah, but then there's Alien Romulus coming out this summer. Oh. Alien Romulus. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. Um, but when we, on a broader term, we were talking about book to movie adaptations. Yes. And my only point is um, it's the broader conversation of like how much can an adaptation yeah. change to fit the form to the point where it's no longer an adaptation. Yes. There's you know? that. I think the, the main conversations are that and then also the conversation of like do some things need to be adapted? Yeah. It's, I was going to say why. Yeah. Like why? why? Like here's here's the craziest one I can possibly think of. The Bible. Yeah. Can you adapt that into a movie? Many have tried. You can adapt stories from the Bible. But the Bible is so inherently, as if you remove any like context religion from it, as a storytelling medium, the Bible is very difficult to adapt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of different parables and stories and ideas that don't all interconnect to each other. That are so connected to being written. There's no yeah. there's no line at the end of the book of Exodus yeah. like Marvel black screen Moses yeah. will return <laughs> Moses in will return. in uh, book of Deuteronomy in, Levit- in Leviticus Leviticus yeah uh, Angel and I watched uh, Pride and Prejudice 2005 last night yeah yes. and there's that scene Great movie. where where he's like forgive me and then I I paused it was like for my pride and prejudice he's <laughs> 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 like title screen <laughs> just I forgot you had that button. That's crazy. <laughs> this really is the house of the spirits. <laughs> I think uh, about the Family Guy episode where he's sitting in the theater. Um, he's like, I love it when you use the title of the movie. He's in the theater and he's watching Superman. It's like, to solve this, to beat Lex Luthor, I must become Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. But ultimately, like, yeah, it. I think that this this story is not giving given any room to breathe. Um, it mit, it loses so much through the uh, the adaptation form that it barely resembles like any of the ideas I think Isabella Allende is trying to share. I, I also feel like this is like the most disturbing movie that you could ever easily fall asleep to. Yes, right. Like it's somehow yeah. both of those things at once. Right, it's the like tanks firing that wake you up. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, what? what like, is this fuck? a different movie? They changed the channel. <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened? Yeah, you're like Winona Ryder and kidnapped. What's going on? Weird. If yeah, if you fell asleep during the first part of the movie, yeah, like with the kid and the poison and whatever, yeah. and then you woke up and it's like Winona Ryder getting sexually assaulted. You're like, what is this happening? This is a different movie. There's there's no way this is the same movie. Yeah. It's just overall such a strange, this is such a strange object. And it's one of the things that, you know, I've mentioned this to you before, Stuart, but I like that we get to cover movies like this. Yeah, I do too. Because these are the, like, if we only did the hits on the show and we just went from like Beetlejuice to Heathers to um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Age of Innocence, then we skipped to, I don't know, Alien Resurrection, Little Women. Like, you miss out on so many like corners of the film sphere that you we would never experience otherwise. I never watched this movie if it wasn't for this. And so I like that through this show, like tracking Winona's career, we also just get to kind of find these like weird objects. Mm-hmm. Like this movie is forgotten and best left forgotten. Yeah. 
um, because of, you know, if they were to try and make this movie nowadays, all white actors playing Chileans, people would be like tried at the Hague for it. <laughs> um, like it would be a summary execution of um, these of the cast. But we get to like kind of unearth this and be like, it's crazy. This, this thing is just out there. This got made. People put time into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my many joys uh, on the show. I said this to May when you had to step away real quick, but uh, I found a LA Times article about the box office for this movie, and I want to commend the author on his pun. House of Spirits fails to levitate. That's great. (laughs) Um, That's good. The star-studded film does poorly in U.S. opening, despite heavy publicity and strong European sales. Did very well in Germany, we we found out. Um, Weird. Yes. Very weird. Um, Movie overall, just a big whatever. Um, You never want a movie to leave you asking, like, why? Yeah. Why was this made? Yeah. Right, like, who was this for? What was what was the goal? Here? Who's the target audience of this movie? Because it clearly isn't Chileans. Definitely not Chileans. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know. Yeah, I'm left asking the same questions there too, though. Don't really know. What and the if point this was. movie had starred all Chileans and been made by Chileans, I may and was still the exact same movie. I maybe be a little more forgiving of the story lapses. Yeah, but when it's a bunch of white people cosplaying as. Chileans causing these problems, I I don't have any sympathy. Yeah. Um, just a major disappointment all around. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really expecting much. To be yeah, honest, but, like, but I'm glad that you still picked this movie, so we had someone to talk to through this instead of Stuart and I just screaming at each other about yeah. the Chilean coup d'état. Yeah. Oh, I don't really have any final thoughts. I think we may have anything else to say about this movie. You know, I feel like we covered it. <laughs> I feel like, like we, I, I think. We've truly said everything that could be said about this movie. About this movie, yeah, that could be said about by three people who haven't read the book. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, we'll read the book, and I'll do. Two, we'll do two. Uh, two house, two spirits. Um, sometime down. The- so yeah. If we ever cover anybody else who's in this movie, do not let me forget that we have to name the episode Two House, Two Spirits." Who would you do that was in this movie? Jeremy Irons, Reversal of Meryl? Fortune, two thousand uh, nineteen ninety. Glenn Close. Um, Antonio Banderas. That'd be a good one. He'd be fun. That'd be interesting. We're gonna cover three Spy Kids movies. Dude, we have to cover cover four. Isn't he in the fourth one? He is in the fourth one. You're right. Embarrassing. Do you ever think about yeah. if we ever did a podcast on Elijah Wood, we have to cover both uh, Pawn Shop Chronicles and Spy Kids three? Yes. We have to cover Pawn Shop Chronicles again. Anyway. Anyway. Um. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. May, thank you so much for coming on. It's Absolutely. a pleasure having you on. We will have you on again, uh, most certainly. If there's ever uh, a lawyer movie. I think we might have one coming down the pike. Yeah. Um, kind of the end of this year, early next year. But yeah. who's counting? Um, anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, make sure to next week we'll be talking about Winona's next movie, Reality Bites, uh, kind of a seminal Gen Z film. Um, sure some of you have seen that movie before. We were yelling about it a bit. We record that episode already. I hope you enjoy it. Um, In the meantime, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Yupadoop. Pop it to our... (laughs) (laughs) Yupadoop? I sailed right past that. At Trolting Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky, and Threads. Trollsingpodcast at gmail.com. R slash Trollsing on Reddit. You find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. We have a subreddit that no one has ever used. It's great. I plug it every week and hope someone will make a post on it. You have been checking it? I have. Um, 
I think maybe one person made a post and I made a single post. Community not found. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll look at it later. It's okay. Yeah. Oh my God, did it like delete itself because, oh no, it's still here, it's still here. There oh, it's just spelled it wrong. Oh, I guess I posted the Killers of the Flower Moon episode. In. That's funny. Someone shared a, a video of Tom Cruise doing the Saturday mm. Night Fever dance. Oh, it's, yeah, it's just it's just Travolting. There's five yeah. members online right now, which I think is probably not not true. Anyway, um, finally, thank you as always to Rebecca for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodegum Smith for the theme music that's taking you out right now. Have a great week, folks. See you for Reality Bites. Thank you.